0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to HRT. I'm very excited for this week's episode because it's pre-recorded. What's today? Today is November 19th, and you will be seeing this on December 12th, I think. Um, I'm going away, so I will be probably in the middle of the ocean when you're seeing this. Um, And it's also very exciting because I have Nate from episode 23 helping me out today, acting as my co-host for the day. And our guest is Logan. Uh, Logan actually brought something new to the table for HRT. Uh, First time ever that we dove really deep into bottom surgery, how it works, all the different processes. Uh, And we got to learn more about Logan. Logan is also very into content creation, so we got to pick his brain about how he feels about that. And we all shared some laughs, and we had a very good time. Make sure you join the Discord server. You know what I'm going to say. It's free. Just do it. (laughs) Patreon, subscribe to that. I got new content coming out. Uh, A lot of clips from past episodes that I had to cut, so those will be on Patreon as well. And you'll see more of Nate. Nate has helped me out tremendously with Patreon, and I appreciate you, Nathan, for that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you for helping out today, Nathan. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure. And let's go talk to Logan. All right. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Let me just start by asking you where you are from, Logan.
1: I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. I went to college in Wilmington, North Carolina.
0: North Carolina?
1: Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's,
1: you know, a little scary. (laughs) It it honestly really wasn't bad. I actually had, like, a fine time transitioning because I started transitioning in North Carolina. I spent, like, the first three years of my transition in North Carolina, and, it really wasn't bad like i honestly faced like not a ton of discrimination like school wise or um like with people or people i was dating like it really wasn't like terrible so i don't know but north carolina like i don't know if you guys saw has like an excessive amount of trans people like 74,000 trans people compared to Oh like the rest of the country. Really? Yeah, I, I put I saw I posted on a story <laughs> recently, but North Carolina had like the fourth largest amount of trans people, like population.
0: That's ironic That's as fuck wild. because of the Which makes sense because
1: I, I had like a stupid amount of trans friends in college. So it's <laughs> <What>? like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: were you were you out yet when the bathroom law in North Carolina was a thing?
1: um i think so yeah yeah when it when it was when the bill was trying to pass thankfully the governor is super liberal um and so he typically like vetoes a ton of that stuff unless it like you know goes over him really mm-hmm. um but he is super super liberal and has like protected a lot of like trans rights and abortion rights as much as he can in north carolina so like, we love that yeah right <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I remember being in North Carolina. I was in North Carolina when the bill was just passed, I think, for the... The transgender bathroom law, and I was fresh in my transition. I was not on testosterone. I was barely out to my father yet, and I was so afraid to use the bathroom because I didn't. I was like, I really, <laughs> I'm not allowed. Like, I'll go to jail. So I like went a whole week without using public restrooms. It was horrible.
1: Oh man, yeah, it's it's tough. Like, especially in certain areas, like it can be really like rural, rural, rural. <laughs> and rural no yeah. <laughs> um, but. I mean, for the most part, like I lived like where I lived in Greensboro was like the third biggest city in North Carolina. It's like, you know, up there with like Charlotte and Raleigh. And then I don't know what it was about in Wilmington, North Carolina. That city is so small, but there were so many trans guys there. Really? Wow. Damn. Yeah. I had like a group of like, I hung out with like three or four trans guys throughout my college days. Oh, that's yeah. nice. I love that.
0: I didn't have any trans friends through my transition. Damn. I'm uh, pretty good at scouting
1: him out, though. That's good. I, I feel like I keep my eyes peeled for all the trans guys to be friends with them.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Um, are you on hormones, my friend?
1: Clearly you are. Yeah, I've been on hormones for over five years.
0: <laughs> Sick. Nice. Do you do IM or sub I
1: um, I don't like okay like on paper intermuscular but um in terms of the needles i buy off amazon sometimes sub q to me there is not a huge difference it's just like sub q is easier Mm -hmm. um i feel you mentally right but you know i'm on
0: i am i do i am but i agree with you i use i think i use smaller needles than what i'm supposed to just so it hurts less but yeah, me too. I am for the win. Sorry, Nate.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am youth. I don't know what I am anymore. I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I am. I have given up. I forgot you don't know which one you are. <laughs> I am, well, I was convinced that was I am, but then Cody maybe second-guess it. So now... <laughs> It's up for grabs, whatever people want. To that's kind of yeah. how
1: I feel too. It's just like whatever whatever's <laughs> convenient at the time for me is
3: what I yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Logan, do you have shot anxiety? Probably, um but. kind of like it's kind of it
1: depends. I mean, sometimes it's like super easy, super like not, you know, hard at all, but um my girlfriend does it a lot of times and that really eases a lot of anxiety because I don't I don't know having someone else do it is just like a world makes a world of difference Um, agreed wholeheartedly (laughs) but I I never really had really difficult shot anxiety where I hear a lot of people are like oh like I just couldn't do my shot this day a lot of times it's more like I procrastinate my shot because I'm like wow this is such a process I do not want to do this right now
0: (laughs) He gets it. (laughs) Logan gets it. Who has the time (laughs) for it? (laughs) Exactly. It's
1: it's such a like pause in my day where I have to be like, oh, I gotta do this like ten minute process, like Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. get all the things out. It's just exhausting.
0: And I hate, Mm -hmm. I hate that I feel that way about it because I spend so long like wanting to be on testosterone and whatever, and it's like privileged to be on it. And I know that, but I'm still like, oh god, I don't want to. Right.
1: I do mine. I do mine probably every like ten days. I don't do it every week, but it's about every ten days these days because yeah, yeah. i had a total hysterectomy so it's like even more like sp- impertinent that i do it yeah, so it's pretty important I just, <laughs> I just can't <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait are you are you supposed to be taking it weekly but you take it Every yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone else I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, my shot day is supposed to be Tuesday. I don't. I never take it until like Friday or Saturday. It's horrible.
3: Same, same. Every time, every time.
0: Yeah, not good.
3: I'm only good with it because I have someone else do it for me and like we make like a whole like thing out of it it's like a whole day event oh that's so so if I yeah if I didn't have that then I think I would do it on (laughs) (laughs) willy-nilly whenever whenever I felt like it
1: (laughs) maybe I should make it more of like a ritual and then we then it'll be more more special. <laughs> yeah,
3: there you go. Right yeah, exactly.
1: A little self-care day. Period. <laughs> right, a little self-care day. <laughs>
0: uh, how long did you say you were, you've were? you been on hormones for, Logan?
1: Five years. I started August 2018. Nice. Hey.
0: Yeah. Um, and you were – how old are you, by the way? I haven't asked.
1: 26.
0: 26. Nice. Okay, yeah. so were you in college when you started hormones?
1: Yeah, I started hormones – Um. I guess it was right before my okay so I I took five years to graduate college um so (laughs) yeah I had to take a victory lap you know just to to
3: (laughs) I'm on track for five years (laughs) so I get it (laughs) um
1: and so so I took I started right before the I guess it was the summer before my first senior year you know Mm. um And then I had my second senior year, so yeah, I guess it was right before my senior year, technically. My maybe my junior year, technically. I don't really know. It was it was 2018 around the time I was in college, kind of halfway through.
0: 2018's Um, a haze. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) I
1: mean, real. Yeah, because I didn't graduate until 2020, so it was it was about two years before I graduated. I started hormones. Got you,
0: nice. Uh, And I know you've gotten top surgery because of senior Instagram. Yeah, uh, I got top
1: surgery in twenty nineteen.
0: Twenty nineteen, nice. Yeah. I've, I've
1: been busy, dude. I've had a <laughs> surgery almost every year except twenty twenty. Oh my god!
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you said you got a histo too. When'd you get that?
1: Uh, twenty twenty one.
0: Nice year after year. Oh, yeah, it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you say you got a full histo?
1: Yeah, total hysterectomy
0: wow so yeah you you depend on disaster man. yeah like, pretty
1: yeah. much which is a little scary but at the same time it's like whatever
0: mm. i you know. how was the process of getting histo because i see one in my future
1: it really so okay this this guy that i knew a while back like kind of recommended me. me to go to this uh doctor in boulder colorado um, her name is Dr. Heather Bright Hoffmeyer and she, like, I went in for my consultation and she was like, you know, like, I see you've been on hormones for a while, like, you know, I don't need any, any letters. You know, I'm not exactly sure if this was legal or whatever she did, um, but she got my insurance like to approve it and everything. So I, I, really have no idea what she did. But anyways, I didn't need talk letters. about an ally. Like I had, I had letters. <laughs> like I told, like I you was ready. ready to prevent her with- to present her with letters. Um, and she was like, "No, nah, I don't need your letters." And I was like, "All right, all right, <laughs> like, let's do it." So you know I, I went in for the the hysterectomy and it was a little weird because I think I was only like their second trans patient mm. and so I remember I think at one point my girlfriend was with me and I think at one point they like maybe like she heard me and then it was a little weird because I was like clearly I'm a guy right. <laughs> like, yeah um mm-hmm. so I think there was just you know I think a lot of times surgery teams like when you're in a kind of unique situation don't quite know especially when you're in like I was at like an OBGYN surgery center you know so it was mm-hmm. like
2: That's
0: you not know I understand
1: the thought process but it's also like just use your your little eyes and look right. at me and, yeah.
0: <laughs> we can use our <laughs> context uh-huh.
1: for sure yeah context right, context. right. <laughs> yeah so I mean other than that yeah. it was totally fine I mean after the hysterectomy, me I was violently depressed um the hormone shift along mm-hmm. with me switching up some medications in my life really messed with me so i was like violently depressed for a while Mm. um but i got through it and i was fine but i I honestly i don't think it was all the hysterectomy i think a lot of it was my mental health medications that i was messing with at the time Mm.
0: just life in general Mm. you know yeah
3: you know (laughs) that's how i guess Mm -hmm. oh that's crazy though what was the healing process like Mm -hmm. like was was it so easy like four, like four days <laughs> i
2: wasn't expecting that
3: no so wow, like, okay i was on
1: pain meds for three or four days because you get cramping um that's pretty intense um but other than that like the you know i was set in like a week i was back to normal started lifting like really light uh, you know three weeks post-op it was not bad respect yeah
0: that's wild. Now, can I ask what kind of prompted you to want a hysterectomy? Was it like just get these organs out of me? They don't belong there. Or okay.
1: so, I actually had like I hadn't had um, my menstrual cycle since 2018 when I started hormones, mm-hmm. but I for the next two years had, or I guess three years, had literal nightmares that I would get my cycle. Like I didn't get that. Like every week I would have a nightmare that I would get it. And cause it was like my biggest fear. Cause I'm like, what do I do if this happens? You know, cause I'm going to freak out. Mm-hmm. So like I would have nightmares about it. And I guess I was like, you know, tired of the nightmares. And also with, I was really thinking about bottom surgery at the time. Cause I was like, you know, I, I initially, you know, thought I wanted metoidioplasty. And then I was like, you know, me and my girlfriend had to talk about like my long-term goals and what I was going to be satisfied with long-term we landed on kind of like, okay, phalloplasty seems to be it for me, but I got to get more like research done. I got to talk to more people and do the whole thing. But I knew like I, if I was going to pursue bottom surgery, I really just wanted to get everything out and just like not even worry about, you know, if I was going to get my cycle back or, um, you know, if anything, you know, there's not a lot of research for long-term like hormone usage. So I was like, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know what's, maybe like, maybe it'll just die inside me and I'll have to get it removed anyways, you know, (laughs) because some people will like leave an ovary or whatever, but I was like, I don't even want to risk anything happening. So it was just like, it just made sense for me to, to get everything removed.
0: And we're going to talk more about bottom surgery because it's Mm. a whole topic for today, but I do want to ask really quick, is that like, is getting a histo for
1: a certain type
0: of bottom surgery, is that a requirement? It is. It it depends.
1: So if you want to get a vaginectomy, then yes. Um, but if you are not wanting to do that, then you don't necessarily have to do that. Gotcha. Um, it just, it really depends. There's so many variations in bottom surgery. It's actually really intriguing, um, that it really depends on kind of what your goals are long-term.
2: Gotcha.
0: I'm excited to talk more about Mm -hmm. that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely see a histo in my future. I I feel like I'm the type of person that like I can't see those organs doesn't bother me it's like whatever I can't see you anyway mm-hmm. but I have horrible cramps horrible cramps it's not it's not a menstrual cycle at all it's just I have read on Reddit that a lot of trans guys have like gone through it's like phantom pain where like nothing happens mm-hmm. it's just extreme cramps and I think it's like it's I think it's called atrophy and like yeah. my organs are just like dying it's fine everything's fine <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not falling apart or anything it's fine (laughs) no no not cody
3: (laughs) i like when i'm in public i still like want to ask my friend can you do the period check like is everything okay (laughs) like and it's like dude no like you're fine so i totally get like the phantom like fear of it all still yeah um yeah, true. I was terrified
1: I was gonna get it again because I had heard of people who had been on hormones for like five plus years and their yep. like cycle randomly comes back and it's like that was the last thing oh, I yeah. wanted to happen. Yep. <laughs> <Talk> <laughs> exactly. <that.
3: laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm terrified of that happening, so it's like just lingering back there for mm. me. So I also am interested in a hysterectomy. <laughs> what
0: the fuck is the point of testosterone if that sh- if that can just come back? Right. Like, Truly. Period. Yeah. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. all right logan let me ask you about you know your coming out story story a little bit once you come out as trans
1: yeah i came out um i, I want to say it was like i came out publicly in like june of 2018 i think um so it was right before i started hormones and then i came out to my mom like a little bit earlier about before that like my mom and my sister um and that was you know kind of a breeze like i'm really lucky to have the support that i have and um i didn't really get too much pushback in any direction from anyone um so i I had a pretty you know easy coming out um i was really nervous about dating you know i i was dating someone at the time when i came out but it was really scary to think about you know after that um Mm -hmm. what dating was going to look like for me so that was a big a big factor for me that was really nerve wracking. But other than that, you know, it wasn't super hard. I told my mom, told my sister, they were both very receptive. My sister was like, well, I was kind of waiting for it. And I was like, all right, well, you could have let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) could have told me. Right. So, you know, and thankfully I had really supportive friends and then I was able to find a a lot of community back in my college town. So, yeah.
0: That's good. I have a lot of people who come on here who – Have just horror stories about their family yeah being awful to them so it's refreshing when people say that you know coming out stories was actually positive yeah um so i related to something you said you said you were you you in a relationship when you came out as trans yeah yeah and then you said everything you were afraid for everything after that completely get that no matter how many like no matter how many relationships you go through as a trans person i feel like Even though you're like, clearly people love me because I've been in X amount of relationships as a trans man, it's like you break up with somebody and then immediately it's okay. No one's going to love me. Nobody's going to love yeah, me. That, was, that exactly. was the last one. <laughs>
1: There's no, no many people, no more people on this earth that are going to like me because I'm trans. Right. I remember there was one time when I first moved to Colorado, um, I was on dating apps. And I remember the first time I ever got rejected for being trans was this one girl who was like, I, she had agreed to go on a date with me, whatever, and I was like, "Hey, like, just so you know, like, I want to disclose, like, I am trans, like, I hope that's not an issue for you, because I was trying to not put it in my bio to see kind of what the response would be if it would be different." Right. Um, and so I told her, and she was like, "Oh, well, like, I'm just really straight," and I was like, "Well, that's good because I'm a guy," and she was like, "Oh, well, <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, okay. And I was sitting in the Target parking lot oh, just like sobbing because I was like, This is, I'm three years on T and this is the first time this has ever happened to me. Oh uh, And I was like I was like even in North yeah. Carolina that never happened to me. But right, in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado, this random girl has the audacity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like what'd she say? I'm just really straight. yeah i was like
1: (laughs) thank god because i am actually a guy so that's really good (laughs) period (laughs) i don't i don't think she expected me to say that too but oh man i was heated over that it took me a while to get over
0: yeah no i don't blame you I i have friends who you know are trans obviously and some of them have done really well on dating apps and some of them are like i can't get a single match because everybody is not interested because I'm trans. I guess maybe it's like uh, yeah. where you live, but like the Denver, Colorado thing compared to North Carolina is wild.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, well, I've never yeah. successfully dated someone off a dating app anyways. So I mean I'm I'm more of an organic kind of meet meet in person. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. It's hard to do that nowadays though. It
1: is. It really is. Especially like after college. Like if I hadn't met my girlfriend in just like the way that I did, like I think it would have been a lot more challenging for me to like meet someone because i hate going out like i don't go out anymore mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna go to a bar or a club and like meet someone there yeah but... that's
0: like straight out of a movie i feel like that doesn't that doesn't happen yeah right <laughs> No. <laughs>
3: and the chances of bumping someone into a library right. Right. <laughs> <enough. Fair laughs> you, honestly.
0: Uh, so you said you have a very supportive family
1: mm-hmm. not yeah.
0: a single person gave you a hard time
1: well um like My brother is a little weird, but we don't, like, have a super strong relationship anyways. Mm. Um, And, you know, as an adult, like, I don't have to really interact with him a ton. And, um, Mm. like, my, my dad would not be supportive whatsoever, but I don't talk to him, thank God. But he would have been like he would have like, even though I'm like, you know, was 21 when I came out, he would have somehow shipped me off to conversion therapy, oh, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like he's crazy, crazy. Um for but the best um fit. <laughs> yeah, but my my stepdad's also very supportive and you know he paid for my deposit for um top surgery. So like I, I've had a lot of really just awesome support.
3: See, that's awesome. But I
1: mean there are people who like were if they were in my life would have given me absolute hell about it but Mm -hmm. you know i've i did the work before before coming out
0: yeah good for you for Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with good people That's all yeah about 100 Mm -hmm. and i love i love it when i hear that like cis men in people's life like your stepdad are supportive not that you know they deserve a cookie or anything but like you don't see it very often you know what i mean
1: right yeah no he's he's super cool with it and super like like when the whole you know, military trans ban happened. He thought it was the dumbest thing ever because he was like, "If someone wants to fight for the country, like they should be able to do that." You know, Just right. let them. yeah, like, like who who cares? Like,
0: I don't get why because I'm uncomfortable with my body means that I can't <laughs> be in the military. I can't. <laughs> like, what? I don't get exactly. It, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. it
2: makes no sense to me at all. Uh,
0: speaking about being uncomfortable with our bodies uh gender dysphoria do you have it and how do you cope with it
1: you know honestly it's kind of crazy at this point in my transition after having had stage two of fallow I don't get crazy dysphoric like I, I don't really get a ton of dysphoria and like that changed drastically after stage one like after stage one I really wasn't dysphoric I was dysphoric or, or more so it's more so like a discomfort and more so of a like like not having balls really bothered me, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, I'm, I was like, but I know I'm going to get them. So it's like, whatever, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then after yeah. stage two, now it's like more so just like a, um, you know, I feel a little like I can't get erections right now. So I feel a little inadequate in a way, but less so dysphoric, more so just like I have erectile dysfunction and I can't like, do anything about it which this men get right so (laughs) So it's like I mean but you know before I had a ton of bottom dysphoria before I mean it was really bad um you know packing really helped um I love uh my strap pack my pack strap yeah my Mm. pack strap Mm. that was my pack strap and the Mr. Limpy duo were like it's hit for me uh, yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. okay so
0: money well spent i'm hearing mm.
2: <laughs> bottom
0: surgery exactly <clears throat> all right so i do want to get more into bottom surgery then um i think nate and i are similar and we are very uneducated about bottom surgery and want to learn it's more embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> at least for me you know i, I know like the the things you always hear about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. but since i haven't thought about it for myself personally i haven't done much research on it so do you maybe want to take a moment to maybe teach me things about yeah, it and for sure. the <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: so there's two types of bottom surgery for trans men there's metoidioplasty which is where they take kind of your natal organs and kind of shift them around and change some things to make it more like masculinized um so they take you know your bottom growth and they do like a shift up it's called a mons lift so they lift your mons pubis um which is like the above part it's like the your pubic bone basically so they lift that skin up and then they can create testicular implants um with kind of the the skin that's already there um and then For phalloplasty, you know, there's a ton of different variations, but basically you have the option of um, getting the phallus, which is obviously the main goal for most people for phalloplasty. You can get testicular implants, which is scrotoplasty, which is where they create a scrotum out of the skin that's already there. Um, You can get a vaginectomy and you can get urethral lengthening and urethral hookup. Um, There's three different types of phalloplasties that you can get. I got RFF, which is where they take the skin from your forearm. Um, It's got the most sensation, highest probability of standing to pee. Um, And then you can get just like kind of the best size out of it. Um, Alt, A-L-T, is uh, where they take it from your thigh, which is typically going to be a little bigger. It's second place in terms of um, sensation. Um, you typically will have to go through revisions to get like debulking done because it is such a, a larger phallus because of the skin on your thighs, a lot thicker. Um, you can get your nerve hookups, but like I said, it's like second in terms of sensation. And then you can get urethral lengthening too. Um, and then another one is MLD. I think it's called where they take from your like stomach area. That's typically for guys who have a little extra skin In that area, as far as I know, there's not a ton of sensation with that, but you can still get nerve hookup and then urethral lengthening. I think some surgeons are starting to do urethral lengthening with MLD, but I'm not entirely sure what that looks like or who's doing it. Um, But I know that it's more, it's riskier to Mm do uh, urethral lengthening. Um, And like I said, sensation's not, you know, top tier. So, that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, what bottom surgery looks like.
0: Speaking of, how do you even say that, urethral lengthening? Yeah. Is right. Is that literally, they take your urethra and fucking...
2: No. So, like, so, that's, so, so, right that, right now. <laughs> that's terrifying.
1: So, they take your urethra. So, I'll, I'll show you the inside of my arm. They take your urethra from right mm-hmm. here. Uh-huh. So like this part of your arm is yeah. your urethra. And so they take the urethra and they roll it. It's called a tube within a tube method. So they roll it into the urethra. And then for stage one for me, um, so the stages can vary by surgeon. So for me, they didn't do my urethral lengthening hookup until stage two. Um, so I had my new urethra inside the phallus, but it wasn't hooked up to my old urethra. What they did was they expanded my urethra to like another. Like I'm trying to think of how to verbalize this, but they they kind of took my urethra and made it go from where it was in my body. They created a hole like next to my bottom growth that was like where my urethra opening was going to connect to my new urethra but it, so i just had this hole in my body for like a year cuz i waited a year to get stage 2 oh. um and it was i mean it was very hidden very covered like it wouldn't be like noticeable in any capacity but i did have to um self catheter it just oh. to keep it clean which didn't it didn't hurt or anything it felt a little weird i could feel it in my because I would have to do it through the phallus, through the new urethra hole, and so I was self-cathing. That yeah,
3: strongest man alive, <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> massive respect to you, man. So, <laughs> it was like
1: it was it was so strange having to do that, but I got used to it, um, and then that was where my new urethra ended through the so it went through the phallus out of that new hole that they created. And then they created the phallus in stage one, and then they also had that new urethra that they put in. Um, stage two, they also did the nerve hookup in stage one. So they took, they connected an artery from my thigh, and they connected nerves from my bottom growth and erogenous nerves that are in that like pubic area. And then in stage two, they connected the u- urethra that they had created to my new u- or old urethra using a graph that they took from a scar that they created in stage one. Um, they took skin from there basically and then just reclosed it and uh, used that to connect the u- two urethras. Um, and then I had a catheter, a suprapubic catheter in for four weeks, which was c- through my stomach. So it went straight into my bladder um, and then they did, was <laughs> wild. <That laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they did scrotoplasty, um, which is where they created the balls mm-hmm. and they did glandsplasty, which is where they create the head of the penis. Dang. Okay.
0: Now yeah. you're in stage two,
1: right? Yeah. So I just finished stage two. Wow. Okay. Congrats. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a
1: journey. It's been a journey. <laughs>
3: Now, You're doing it with grace, though. Yeah, I
1: mean, honestly, it went as well as it could have. I mean, I had very minimal complications, but right. nothing crazy.
0: How long has this all taken so far for you?
1: So I got stage one in November of 2022, and I just got stage three in October. um I could have gotten it in like June, but I needed more time to just mentally and emotionally prepare.
0: Yeah, dude, <laughs> I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I've I haven't talked about bottom surgery much at all, even outside of this podcast, Um, but I do have one friend who is getting ready to start the process of, Mm -hmm. you know, stage one and everything. And I was talking to him and he was like, everything that I've read about it, everyone I've talked to said is probably the hardest thing they've ever had to go through physically, mentally, all of the above how you doing bud like eventually like are you good
1: (laughs) yeah so i mean okay so stage one it stage one really wasn't it was it's more so dealing with the anxiety because there is so much that can go wrong there's you know kind of the you can get into the green zone in in like a couple weeks but it's like the first couple weeks there's a lot of risk the first 10 days there's a lot of risk um stage one, I was on drugs for so long that I just, I don't even remember the first like two or three weeks of stage one recovery. Wow. And like, that was fine. Like, um, you know, being on those drugs was very helpful <laughs> um, <laughs> during that time. <laughs> um, but then, but then you kind of get off the, the pain meds and you're like, okay, now the anxiety is starting to hit. It's really just figuring out how to manage that anxiety because you know, you're going to see, one tiny thing on your new penis and be like oh my god this is like something's happening you know Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel something and you're gonna be like oh my god something's going wrong right now i'm like learning to pee standing up and i'm like oh god this feels a little different what's happening Mm -hmm. so it's like just dealing with the anxiety or like you know i had a few complications like i had um wound separation above the scrotum this time um which wasn't it wasn't it's not as bad as it sounds really it's just where the skin separates where they try to um get it to they where it's stitched together and it just doesn't heal right so they typically just cut it open and it heals fine um but you know going through that was very nerve-wracking because i'm like oh like what if it doesn't heal what if it doesn't close like for some reason that's like where my brain goes but i mean there's like there's just, you know, stage two is particularly hard because it's a higher risk of complications because you're, you know, in this, in my case, you're dealing with the urethral stuff, which is very complex and very sensitive. So, um, you know, there's the possibility for fistulas. There's a possibility for, um, you know, urine coming out of places where it's not supposed to, which is a fistula. Um, and that can heal up on its own or you could have to have it repaired later on. Um, it's never the end of the world. I remember there was something that my uh, PA told me um, after stage two, especially with when I was going through my wound separation situation, and she was like, "Yeah, when I first started, you know, working on phalloplasty cases, you know, I would see some pretty gnarly stuff. But you know, something that Ginz um, Burley, the he's kind of one of the founding fathers of phalloplasty in the U.S. Um, he's um, partners with dr blair peters who i got surgery done with at ohsu he trained dr blair peters but he um told her you know they always heal you know it can things can happen and there's you know challenging parts of phalloplasty especially stage two but people always heal um so that was really reassuring for me is just keeping that in mind that like no matter what happens like you're always going to heal you're always going to get to that home stretch um And your body wants to heal and it wants to help you out. And the body is a very adaptable thing. It's very malleable and very flexible. And, you know, you obviously you can do a lot to your body and it ends up okay. Um, But I think just keeping that in mind that like it can suck right now because especially stage two sucked a lot post-op. I don't know why. I think it was because my body felt so good. Whereas the first stage I felt very like down and out and I was like, you know, having to like relax a lot and can do a ton, but stage two, I was like, I had the energy, I felt good, but I still couldn't do things, you know? So I think mentally that was tough. Um, so just keeping yourself busy, keeping yourself, you know, excited about things and trying to focus on things that aren't just phalloplasty, um, helped me a lot. Well,
0: damn, that's, that's awesome advice because I think there's a lot of people out there, um, I, Nate, that are afraid of surgeries and, and stuff like that, <laughs> and I think that's solid advice because you're right. The human body is is so it wants to heal. You're right. Yeah, that would ease my mind. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um,
0: how how much of this process were you like in the hospital for, at a doctor's office for, for like like long periods of time? Were you, or was yeah. it more like home based?
1: So um, I went to Portland, Oregon for my surgery. So I was in Portland for seven weeks the first time and then about five weeks the second time. Um, I was in the hospital for stage one for four days. So it was four to six days we were supposed to stay in the hospital. I got out that fourth day because I was doing just really well. Um, and in that four days, they wake you up every hour for the first 24 hours to check the pulse of the phallus to make sure it's, you know, got blood running through it and it's all like working okay. Um, and then they, you know, they go to two hours the next day and then it's less frequent as you kind of go on. Um, and then for stage two, I was only in the hospital for overnight. So I was only out that one night and then I was able to go back to where I was staying. Um, So it really wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, for both stage one and stage two, I went to post-op appointments every week or sometimes twice a week, depending on what was going on with my um, recovery.
0: Cool. Um, Let's ask. Oh, how were um, like the doctors and stuff that you that were helping? Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, OHSU's team is awesome. They're the most reassuring, most like patient. I mean, I'm a very anxious person, you know. I'm not like, oh, like I just, you know, got a surgery and I'm like fine, like whatever. Like if any, if I notice any changes in anything, like I'm letting the doctor know and I'm like freaking out about it at the same time, you know? So I mean, like, um, you know, their their physician's assistant, um, you know, she's awesome. My surgeon's awesome. Um You know, honestly, I couldn't have picked a better team. And I think that's part of why I've been so successful is that I picked a team that really like cares for their patients and really wants to make sure that they're getting the best outcome as possible.
0: Nice. And
3: remind me where, where did you get it done again?
1: Uh, Oregon Health and Science University.
3: I was just going to jump in because I'm just laughing because I'm like the same way about like just being a very anxious person, like especially when it comes to like my health and like Hmm. my body and whatnot. Any little thing scares the crap yeah. out of me, <laughs> and <Yeah>. so I. <laughs> well, wow, this isn't the same thing. I just got top surgery, nice. and I've literally been texting. Thank you. I've been texting Cody. Hey, I just noticed this. What do you <laughs> think? <laughs> so, like, I completely get it, and so I commoderate you for like getting through that with like such head held high.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a very optimistic person for the most part. I just, you know, I worry a ton, but. Honestly, it's, it's It's so easy (laughs) to, it's, it's really been the easiest, like, you know, it it could have been really hard, but I've, I've had a very lucky go about everything. And, um, you know, I've gotten, I've had the support and I think that's the biggest part is just having the support system in place to like really support you and through those anxieties. And, you know, I had people to talk to me all day, every day, like, and, you know, I've had just like people in and out, like supporting me. Um, and it's just been awesome seeing kind of who's there for me and and you know, sharing my story on on Instagram has been really empowering too. just you know it helps get me through those kind of difficult times when I can you know rely on people who follow me to to like want to talk to me and want to engage with me and like ask questions and you know, give me encouraging words. so it's it's all been pretty awesome,
0: right. That's like super important, especially I mm-hmm. mean throughout anybody's transition and no matter what part of your transition you're going through it's important to have a support system but i've read yeah. and i've heard that through bottom surgery it's like a requirement i think if i'm like doctor yeah, stuff is. like yeah. you need to have a support system cuz yeah. it's it's such a huge mm-hmm. thing to go through yeah well, that's good um nate uh, you reminded me when um talking about your top surgery nate has been like he said asking me questions and stuff about it and we all know that checking Google is is never a good idea. <laughs> so every day he asks me a question like, "Is this normal?" And I'm like, "Hang on," and I check Google for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, I just need to start like texting coding. All right, look up this on Google for me. <laughs> it's scary
0: looking shit up on Google. Terrifying.
3: Terrifying. that's Unless how, how
1: red it is. I, I'm I'm like such a reddit is my fatal flaw because i'll check the phalloplasty reddit page and like people have like i mean because you really only hear about the bad stuff like people aren't going to be like you know typically aren't going to be like hey you know just letting everybody know everything is going fine you know it's more so like hey this is happening to me how like what do i do can i get support like so that's you know that's part of my thing is like with phalloplasty which is like such a nuanced topic in the trans community like you know people are always like oh phalloplasty and and i thought this my first cut like two or three years of transitioning and you know? i was like oh like phalloplasty's botched like it's you know there's no good results out there you know i want to wait until you know whatever happens where there's better results and um you know phalloplasty is honestly it's it's as skilled of a surgery as it really can be you know that's so if you go to the right people there's so much positive outcome that you know, it's, the whole journey's worth it. But, you know, people who just kind of go to whoever, but it's the same thing with top surgery. You just go to whoever. You walk in the door of, like, someone in the middle of Kansas, you're going to be like, oh, like, I got a shitty top surgery result. Right. You know, yeah. it's just kind yeah. of how it goes. Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting because <clears throat> I'll be real with you. I, I don't know. I guess bottom surgery in general for the trans community or trans men community is for some reason not talked about enough mm. like this is the first time i've really dove into it on the podcast and i don't even know why like i like it's just not talked about too much yeah. and i think everyone's a little scared to talk about it sometimes obviously who wants yeah. to you know like it's a scary thing to talk about and i'll be real i prior to this conversation a while ago i think i thought that bottom surgery wasn't worth like the risks or the looks yeah. of it or anything yeah yeah but now that I'm educated on it... <laughs>
1: I, mean, I, I mean, I'll tell you, like, pretty straight up. Like, my my penis looks pretty... It looks pretty cis. I mean, take away the tattoos yeah. that are on it. It's pretty cis-like. So, <laughs> like, honestly, like... Because I, I had the same thought where I was like, oh, it's not worth it. Like, there's too many complications. It's not going to turn out the way I want it to. But, like, it's everything I could have hoped it would be, you know? Okay, um, sure. And, you know, it's... You know, you get through the harder parts and you like pee for the first time. Like I peed for the first time, like last week. And I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Like, I was going to ask, you know, how, <laughs> how was Like Was that
0: such a freeing was... <laughs> feeling? I mean, I, I feel like I'd be on top yeah. of the world.
1: It feels pretty good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it feels <laughs> yeah. a little weird right now. Cause my, my brain's not there yet where it's like, okay, this is how we're peeing now. But it's like, it's, it's super. Revolutionizing for me, honestly. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you, man. Mm-hmm.
0: What isn't there, because I know there's a lot of different ways you could go about bottom surgery, a lot of different procedures and whatnot. With phalloplasty, is there a way to, you know, get it all done or whatever in the same way, but not be able to stand to pee?
1: Yeah. So you can actually have the urethra routed. I think they put it behind the balls so you can still sit to pee. Um a lot of people will do that just because they don't really care to stand to pee. Like it's not really a thing for them. Typically when you go in for a paloplasty consultation, they'll ask you to rank kind of your priorities. So it's like between aesthetics, staying to be staying to pee, ability to penetrate and um what's the other one? Uh sensation. And so I had like sensation at the top of mine. Aesthetics was second because I'm all about aesthetics. Um, (laughs) Period. uh, Ability to penetrate and then standing to pee or wait. Sensation. Yeah. Um, So standing to pee was not really like at the top. It was, it wasn't at the top of my list at all. I still wanted to be able to do it, but it wasn't like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world for me. You know?
0: I feel like my list would be very similar. I feel like out of all those things.
2: Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um,
0: what was I going to say? When in your life or through your transition, did you realize you wanted bottom surgery? You might have already answered that. but
1: Yeah, so it was uh, about three years post-op when I met my current girlfriend. Um, I, we were a couple, probably like six months into our relationship. And, um, you know, I was in the process of going through, like starting meta metoidioplasty, And I was like, you know, I think, you know, she was like, do you think you might want phalloplasty, you know, eventually, and I was like, you know, I could see myself wanting phalloplasty just because of like, you know, kind of the end results. Like I want to be able to penetrate better than metoidioplasty would offer. And I think overall, just the appearance, like the bulge in my pants and all that was just more important to me. And then I was like, I might as well just get phalloplasty because like, I don't want to get metoidioplasty and then have to get phalloplasty later on, you know? Do you guys mind if we take a break? I gotta pee so (laughs) Yeah, dude. Go for it. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I'll be back. For sure. Take your time. (laughs)
0: It's the first time I've had someone pause to pee. I'm always like, guys, if you need to like take a break, go pee, go
3: pee. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. How you doing, pal? Dude, I'm I'm I knew I wasn't like aware of bottom surgery. I didn't realize I was this unaware <laughs> no, like, of it. me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, whoa. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, I literally... <laughs> I feel mind-blown right now. <laughs> and, like... Like, I'm back in school. I want to take right, notes right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm like, what's a urethra? <laughs> no, literally, I... Uh, he was... He just said something that I have a question about. The metro... Met. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs>
0: what was that again? <laughs> i look it up. Yep. <gasps> mm-hmm. F. FTM. You really bottom. are my Google guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're Google guy. Google guy. What the <laughs> fuck? <I>? Google guy.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's called medoid. Medit. Me, met. Metol. Okay. <laughs> Meta toidoplasty. Me Meta. <laughs> fucking, I'm fucking taking a picture.
3: Meta toidoplasty? I
2: don't
0: know. Uh huh. I'm sending okay. you a picture. What, what is that again?
3: I don't know. All right, I'm back. Hi. Welcome
1: back. <laughs> Ooh, I feel phenomenal now.
3: Uh, new man. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs>
0: um. Nate and I were just trying to figure out what the fuck that word is that you were saying. It's the other type of... um...
1: (laughs) Metoidioplasty? Yeah, that one. (laughs) Yeah, that Oh,
3: (laughs) Metoidioplasty. Metoidioplasty. Okay. (laughs) I have dyslexia, so I probably shouldn't sit
1: here and make you guys
3: go through that.
0: (laughs) Nate, did you have a question on that,
3: or did you just not know how to say it? (laughs) Uh, can you just like quickly re because I know you explained it, so I'm sorry to ask you to repeat it, but what is that exactly again? Just like yeah. really quick.
1: So they use like what you already have, like your bottom growth,
3: um oh, okay.
1: to basically they release it is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So they release it and they um it extends like a couple more like centimeters, like I want to say three to five more centimeters. Um, so you're more likely able to stand to pee because they can do urethral lengthening with that too. Um, I don't know quite where they take the urethra from. It might be the inside of your cheek, um, which is, I know it's random and weird, but, um, I think they, oh, this is random. (laughs) So I think they, they take the urethra from the inside of your cheek. Um, I think some people might take it from different places, um, and then extend it through, your bottom growth and then um depending on your size you might be able to clear your pants and be able to stand to pee but it just depends on kind of like how how big you already are um and then they can still do scrotoplasty testicular implants um vaginectomy and all that with uh gotcha yeah
3: like just to put myself on blast i thought that was bottom surgery and there was (laughs) That, that's it learning so much right oh so that's what the trans community
1: is all all about we're just constantly learning you know no oh so true i don't so true.
0: i don't blame you nate or myself or anybody else being a little uneducated about it because it's kind of a very scary thing to yeah for sure to get yourself to learn more about it, it's intimidating because it's kind of confusing. Like, there's a lot, and it's hard
1: about. to it's hard to find positive stories too, right? Which is yeah. the scariest part. Which is what, what was my frustration?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that, and I think as a whole too. Like, it's I don't know. I think trans people are very good at talking about uncomfortable subjects, and but still, it's still an uncomfortable subject I think to people to talk about. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that. You know We're talking about it, and thank you for sharing all your knowledge on it, too. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I have one more question about it before we get into our next little topic, before we go. Cool. Um, I don't think you've answered it, but out of your journey so far with it, what do you think has been the hardest part, physically or mentally?
1: I think mentally, just dealing with the boredom, mm-hmm. um, because it can get very boring after recovery, um you know besides the anxiety you 're just bored to tears like twenty four seven um and so I think that was the hardest part was just like and and being away from home for me since I traveled for mine um being away from home and having to just recover you know in a place that wasn 't mine, it was just you know overall all around pretty challenging stage two is the hardest part for sure
0: gotcha mm-hmm. uh what was the best part
1: um All of it. I mean, it's all been worth it. I think just getting into that like phase of recovery where like I'm pretty much healed and good and just like able to live my life the way that I've wanted to live it for so long, you know?
0: Nice. Um, I think, (laughs) and I think you answered this a little bit before with, you know, the body will always heal type of thing. But I think there's a lot of trans men out there who want bottom surgery, but are terrified it. yeah do you have any advice
1: Just do your research i mean i talk to people who've actually like gone through the process you know i think that was what really helped me was you know i got connected with people who had surgery through ohsu you know where i was planning to go and i was able to talk to them and kind of get their story and their feedback and you know see results that were positive and um you know really see kind of what it's typical what's typical to you know, happen post-surgery and what's typical in terms of results and stuff like that. Okay.
0: Awesome. Uh, To get into our second topic a little bit, um, which is content creation as a trans person. You're kind of popping off on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. so (laughs) I
1: I love it. I love Mm -hmm. to see it.
0: How long have you been into content creation?
1: Um, Since I started transitioning, I really got into it. Um, I think I saw there was kind of a niche to be filled and I was like, You know, I go back and forth all the time, whether I really want to focus on like trans content or if I want to just be me. And it's, it's really, it's a challenging caveat really to like figure out like where the line is for me, where, where it becomes to, where starts to consume me versus where it's like healthy for me, you know?
0: Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I get that. (laughs) I haven't even been doing it that long and obviously, you know, this podcast is all trans based, but I totally understand how it can mess with your head a little bit Mm. in your own transition. Do you think being chronically online probably has affected your transition at all?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of kind of um, within the trans masculine community, there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of envy And that's something I've been kind of learning more about um, is just not comparing yourself to other people and also like, you know, allowing yourself to be more of a resource rather than someone to like have people who idolize you, you know, like being more accessible. You know, I find that responding to DMs, which I'm terrible at, but I try so hard um, to respond to DMs, but like talking to people and being engaging with my followers and being, you know, someone who they can, you know, talk to and ask questions and learn from rather than just being this person who's like unattainable in a way or, or like unable to like access, you know, I want people to have access to me and have access to like my knowledge and the things I've gone through. Um, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at lately, I guess.
0: No, I feel you. I think I've said it multiple times on here, but I think it's not that everybody has to be a voice for the trans community if you have a platform, but as a trans person, sometimes it is hard to see someone who is trans not using that platform to help us <laughs> like yeah help, help yeah. the younger guys out a little bit you know I mean? yeah yeah
1: so exactly good. yeah especially especially when they're like really popular you know really attractive because i think a lot of people don't see trans men as like being particularly attractive but like we have really attractive guys right. you know available yeah um, attractive guys <laughs> <laughs> um like seeing, seeing right like yeah. Seeing people who are doing well, you know, and living successful lives. Like, I think it's important for that visibility to be there.
0: 100%. Um, it's like, what's his name? Wesley Tucker. Do you know who Wesley yeah, Tucker is? Yeah, he, he, God, he can to- <laughs> I
1: used to have such an issue with, like, how big his platform was. And he just, like, was so stealth all the time. And I was like, dude, like, you can help so many people mm-hmm. and, like, help so many of your followers realize that trans people are just, like, normal can be super attractive can be approachable yeah like it's like mm -hmm. Uh,
0: and that man is like a greek god like i don't i don't understand (laughs) yeah i
1: don't understand either but
0: yeah no and he's maybe we'll therapist. all get there one
1: day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's been, he's been posting more he posted something for trans day of visibility last year
0: okay slay all right that there we go good. yeah
1: so he's like he like steps. casually posts you know right
0: <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's a hard yeah. argument because it's also like nobody is required to like you're allowed to be stealth right. obviously like yeah you know, safety comes into it and everything too so like you can't be mad but it is just a little bit like uh
1: like dude you could you could change so many people's perspectives just by like being out you know exactly
0: now do you think you'd be as into content creation if you weren't trans
1: I really don't think I would be because I don't think I'd have anything to offer you know I think right now there's so much to offer to the trans community but like if I wasn't trans like I don't think I'd have anything that I was super passionate about that like would really make a difference in other people's lives you know
0: I feel that one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
1: Because I mean, I'm super passionate about what I do, like on Instagram, and like I'm super passionate about talking to people, and I'm I love creating community, so like that's a big part of it for me too.
0: Always in my mind, it's like, how could you not be like, yeah, uh, if you're trans, I think it sets the narrative of like trans people hate themselves and don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. it when people have platforms and. Don't talk about it because like yeah. it's important to show the world that we're happy, we're we're not just surviving, you know what I mean? Like we're right. normal people. Like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but do you ever think that like because obviously it's important for trans people to be visible online and in the media and whatnot, but do you ever think that it's kind of a double-edged double-edged sword, like in the sense of the more information you give people the more they have to use against you speaking of like transphobes and stuff
1: um i mean yeah so something that i really struggle with with like transphobic people especially like getting hate on my like content is really just like it gives them because if i didn't post that i was trans like no one would know and it's like I'm giving them fuel to add to the fire, but it's, like, I also know, realistically, like, if I didn't tell them, they would have no idea. And, like, they like to pretend like they do, but they would truly have no idea, you know? And it's, like, I can, like, they can make their argument all day long, but I can just respond with, like, dude, if I didn't give you this information, you wouldn't have anything to, like, you would have nothing to use against me. So, like, whatever.
0: (laughs) I youtube short is like a war zone out there with transphobic people (laughs) and i'll post clips from you know these episodes where i'm just talking about anything that has nothing to do with being trans it's just a random conversation and i look like a cis man and my guest looks like a cis woman or a cis man and i'll post it to youtube short and i'll get these transphobic people who are like yeah dude 100% 100% agree with you. And then I'll post another video with me and the same person talking about something that has to do with being trans. And it's the same people in my comments being like, you're fucking... Bleh, 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 bleh. And it's like, <laughs> you liked me two seconds ago. Like, what the yeah. fuck
1: is wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. It's... it's oh, Dude, it's such bullshit. Like, honestly, like, people... Transphobic people's arguments are usually just so laughable, you know? Right, yeah. But I think just, like, being able to have that that humor about it is really important.
0: Yeah, and I, I said that not too long because Nate and I uh, reacted to a bunch of hate comments that I got on a YouTube short, and we spent the entire time laughing like, and just making fun of these people. It's on my Patreon, yeah. but like, plug for anybody who wants to go check that out. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, that's what you have to do. You have to yeah. just laugh at it because if I were to sit there by myself, And like read through them and not laugh about it. Oh, that gets dark. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) real fast. (laughs) I don't know. I think, have you seen on like TikTok where like trans guys will like react to a hate comment they got and the hate comment is like, you'll never be a woman or something. Yeah, <laughs> They're like,
1: thank you. Like, it's like, yeah, you you almost got it. You were that close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
2: you tried, sweetheart.
0: You really, oh, really gave it your no,
1: best. I, it's honestly, like, part of it, too, is, like, when you get hate comments, it's like, okay, I'm I'm re- reaching more audiences. I'm showing more visibility. You know, they're, I'm be, being visible to people who might not know much about trans people. And, like, Maybe, I mean, you can't really bet on it or hope for it, but, like, maybe you did change someone's mind, you know, with that post or whatever. And it's, like, I don't know. It's just you got to look at it with the rose-colored glasses, you know.
0: Right, 100%. Mm. Also, mm-hmm. engagement is engagement. Like, you're commenting right, exactly. on my stuff. Just... I'm getting views regardless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, have you really had to deal with, like, a good amount of hate online with your platforms?
1: it depends like sometimes people will get really relentless and it's typically the same person who's like commenting and i'll engage because i love to antagonize people so like all will engage <laughs> <I do. laughs> so you know people will go and come in my dms or they'll comment all these stuff and like i'm going back and forth with them and like i'm just antagonizing <laughs> them to death and it's just like you know it's it's really it's you know i'm part of the problem because i engage so much but for the most part, it's, it's you know, I don't get that much hate. I depends, like, if I'm really popping off on Instagram sometimes, like, I'll get a lot more hate than, like, if I'm just casually posting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Right, yeah, me too. I think, I don't know, I don't think you're the problem for going back and forth with them. I think it's fucking hilarious, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only way and to, like, like,
3: find humor in it yeah. and to have fun with it, you know? 100%. I think it also shows that, like, we don't care what they're saying. Yeah. Like, so just let it go. Like, just mm. move on. There's bigger fish to fry right. here. Right, truly.
0: I think I definitely pick and choose which ones I want to educate to. Like, yeah. I'll have my moment where I'm like, okay, like I won't <laughs> I won't say foul shit to this person. I'll educate them. <laughs> but there's other times. Like one that's sticking out in my head right now, I had a the same uh YouTube short I was talking about. It was titled Cry About It or something. It was talking about teaching kids. <laughs> about transness in school and obviously that's something that's going to get a lot of hate on it and i know that Mm -hmm. and it was titled cry cry about it and this person was just saying transphobic things we were very unhappy with what i had what me and nate had to say and it was like a long paragraph and I was like, you're literally crying about it. <laughs> like, you're, this is you crying about it. Dude. And then he gave me another one. And I was like, cry baby. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> saying, telling people to cry about it is my favorite, like, like come back to any hate. Any, like, that is one of my favorite things to tell people. Like, god it's
0: kind of like an uno uno reverse card a little bit because they call us snowflakes and they think that we get so upset about everything where it's like look at you though like look at you yeah
1: (laughs) because they get really upset (laughs) i mean transphobes get really really upset about stuff and we're over here just like existing, chilling like living our lives (laughs)
0: right (laughs) you think that i'm upset i like the shit you say to me like please i've heard so much worse like i'm happy living my life and you're so worried about Mm -hmm. me like ruining my body with hormones like i me, i'm good like what are you
3: talking about yeah <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> i have a question that honestly is kind of for both of you and it's kind of niche but do you think like being a uh like a trans creator does that bring you like gender euphoria or is it just like plain out happiness or is it nothing like i mean i know obviously you both like enjoy doing it but
1: I mean, it's definitely affirming in a way, you know, you're getting mm, a lot of okay. people who are like, oh, like, you look great. Like, you know, you're getting a lot of validation.
3: Um, oh, okay, I can see know, that. So, yeah. so it's,
1: you know, the validation, especially in times when you're feeling really insecure about certain stuff is really nice. I'm not gonna lie. But mm. um, at the same time, I, I really just like to like, I, I I mean, I love storytelling. I love like, writing on my posts like sometimes I'll get really deep and write like actually like really thoughtful stuff on my posts and it's like that to me I feel like when I can create in more of an artistic way it's very like fulfilling to me you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so I think overall like it's it's my muse you know is you know Mm. my transition is my muse so it's you know Mm -hmm. it's hard to to not get fulfillment out of Content creating and, and sharing with people, kind of how I feel and my feelings about different things and experiences that I have. Sure, sure. I
0: 100 percent agree with that. I not many people know, but in the be- <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> of my transition, I I was. On TikTok, but before it was TikTok. I was on Musical.ly. I was a little, a little Musical.ly I yeah. Oh, man.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, it's not something I like to think about. It was very cringy, and I hope nobody ever finds those videos ever.
3: But um... I'm going to look for them. <laughs> I, I was just
0: thinking, that, I was like, this might be my one time to go on Google. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're bad. I tried to make sure everything was erased off the internet, but... <laughs> I think I used that because I would get, you know, some validation from that, like, you know, and I think I used that in the beginning of my transition as something to make me feel good and make me feel euphoric. Mm. Um, But now, I think it's, it brings me so much joy and it fulfills me to do something I've always wanted to do with, you know, taking Mm -hmm. my two favorite things, content creation and being trans and making them. Into one thing and helping others too, I think is really important to me. But it's also fucking terrifying and like so scary. (laughs) Like (laughs) I am still such a small creator, and it's 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 so scary thinking you have like you know,
3: I don't know a platform, like straight up the platform. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes. What's the age old quote? Uh, come power comes responsibility yeah spider-man like that. yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm trans you know <laughs> <laughs> gotta bring up Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, yeah no
0: 100 it's i i agree with you i think it, it's fulfilling as hell but it's also scary as hell out here
1: <laughs> yeah 100. it really is um
0: that's pretty much it for this week um i know you gotta go somewhere at like 1:30, so i don't want to keep you too long and I've been cool. trying to make these episodes shorter, so this was absolutely perfect. Um, but before we go, your trans song of the week. Do you want to tell me what you, what you picked?
1: Uh, Weekend by Mac Miller.
0: Hell yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think I slept on Mac Miller for, for a hot minute. I did, I too. Long, I, long, I, long I did, long. too. I think a lot Sam. of trans guys like Mac Miller, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same energy, same
1: yeah, energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
0: Uh, tell me why you picked this song.
1: It's just one of my favorite songs right now. Like it's, um, Period. you know, like it's it's a bop So I don't know. It's just it's a real positive, uplifting song, and that's how I like to perceive myself as positive and uplifting.
3: So no, straight up, I
0: love that. Yeah. Much much different <laughs> from uh, Nate's song that he chose
3: in <laughs> Nate's episode. <laughs> Nate,
0: what the fuck was your song, Nate? It
3: was. Oh, I'm offended. <laughs> Carry on, wayward son. Oh my god, <laughs> ah, 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 ah.
2: fucking
1: death yes. bro. Oh my dad. god, always. I played always that song on rock. on rock Band. I know
3: it like works. Yes, word. <laughs> you get it, Logan. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: all right. This has been great, Logan. Give me your socials so people can follow you.
1: It's at Brogan Lowne Official, B-R-O-G-A-N-L-O-W-N Official on Instagram.
3: Hell yeah. Nathan, give me those socials. Uh, N-D-I-O-R-I-O 1023. Awesome. Instagram.
0: <clears throat> Both of your handles will be in the description below if anyone wants to follow you guys. And make sure you follow me at HRT Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. I post on there every single day. Uh, follow or join the Discord community. Uh, we got a lot of people in there, but like, I think it's like, and like fifty people in there now. The community mm-hmm. is growing and there's a lot of great people in there who want to be with you through your transition and it's free. So you don't have an excuse at this point. Um, <laughs> what's not free though, is my Patreon. It's $5. <laughs> if you, want help, if you want to help me out a little bit? I'd appreciate there that. There is such
3: good content. There is,
0: right? It's like such good content mm-hmm. and you're truly missing out. Make sure you do that. Um, and make sure you subscribe to me here. I post every Tuesday and that's about it guys. Logan, I appreciate you being on and Nate, thank you for helping me today. This has been great.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Of
0: course. I will talk to you guys soon and see you next week.
2: Bye.